8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. Right, so let's get to the second half of the show. We'll have a podcast up uh, of the discussion we had earlier on. Uh, check it up, safm.co.za. You can look at it, look at the different concepts and uh, take it from there. Let's talk about uh, immigrants in this country. Now, it's been a big issue. Immigrants, I think, are very important. Having said all of that, there's been a few pronouncements and gray areas. Uh, the mayor of the city of Joburg certainly making the point a few months ago that it's it's causing strain and, and certainly uh, immigrants who are undocumented are a no-no. The Minister of, um, Minister of Health, uh, Adam Matswaledi has made his thoughts around that as well, that it puts pressure in terms of their ability uh, to deliver health care to, to a community and to a country that they're battling to deliver what in terms of public health care. So with that in mind, the, the Gauteng Premier then, David Makura this week, he also saying, pronouncing on the issues of, of immigrants. So that's interesting because now we're moving across political divides here. So let's find out, A, what did he say? But there's also been the backlash against him and many others to say, well, you're just fanning the flames of xenophobia. Is he or is he not? Or are they or are they not? Gary Eisenberg is with me first up, South African immigration lawyer from Eisenberg and Associates. Gary, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, good evening to you. Thank you. First of all, let's understand this. In terms of your, I mean, you're the legal person, not the political person, but, but what do you make of the pronouncements of the Premier of Gauteng, of the the Mayor of Johannesburg, uh, the Minister of Health, and, and all of them pronouncing on, on the issues of immigrants? And I, if I can pick up one thing, nobody's saying they don't like them. That's absolutely fine. They're very supportive generally, but they're all saying if they're undocumented, they are putting a strain on, on our ability. That means their ability to deliver services to, to the citizens of the country. W- what can you pick out from that, from a legal point of view? Well, I, I think we jumped right into Section 27 of our Constitution, where it says everybody has the right to health care services. And immediately, Section 27 two of the Constitution says that the state, mindful of its limited resources, uh, should take measures to uphold these rights. So the right to health care is not absolute. It's certainly limited by resources available. Uh, I'm not a politician. I am an attorney. I'm an immigration attorney. But I think if any country felt the strain of limited resources, as perhaps the Gauteng Premier has observed, um, undocumented aliens with no right even to be in South Africa uh, should have limited access to welfare, to a welfare system that's taking tremendous strain even by South Africans who are uh, attempting to, to, to receive benefits from it. But let's pick up on the issue of rights. You know, I mean, they're not off the mark by saying a person shouldn't be in this country illegally, are they? Well, um, I, I, I must say that these comments are, are, are not, uh, should not be taken out of context. There's a wider context to this, and that is the whole issue of illegal migration to South Africa. Our Department of Home Affairs has not been able to cope since South Africa became a democracy in 1994. It has not been able to cope with the question of illegal immigration. And I think the debate 
what should we do with so many undocumented foreigners in South Africa, or even foreigners pretending to be legitimate refugees, thinking our refugee system uh, that cannot cope with the numbers. What do we do? We haven't had a rigorous debate in Parliament, an informed debate, an ongoing debate. Uh, So the issues are nothing new, but they should be resolved once and for all. All right. So, but but therefore, what do you therefore, I mean, you see, there's, there's two parts to it. One is the letter of the law, and that's where you come in as a legal person. The other is, are politicians going about doing their business? Now, if a politician comes back and says, for example, that we know there are illegal immigrants in the country, undocumented, right? For whatever, I mean, I think people who are refugees are different. If they're refugees and they're documented, there's really no issue. That's a different debate, right? But if they've sort of jumped the fence and they've come in illegally, if they come back, if politicians come back and say, it's okay, we understand, they are our neighbors, we're okay. Don't, don't you think that's also irresponsible? Well, Again, it's a question of limited resources, and we should sort of make up our minds how we are going to share resources with people with no right to be here. Certainly, legitimate refugees holding refugee status without question, they they can't possibly go back to their home countries in case, you know, medical care is refused here. So they should be allowed to have medical care uh, Emergency medical care by our Constitution cannot be refused to any party. But the question of illegal immigration, should illegal foreigners benefit from scarce resources that are barely available to people who are legitimately allowed to be here? This is a question for debate by parliamentarians, and legislation should be promulgated. So I suppose that these comments made by the Gauteng Premier are not isolated comments. They're not comments that are illegitimate. I think the the Gauteng Premier observes how many people are trying to participate in a public health system that can't cope. So his comments, I feel, have a legitimate basis. Okay, let's get to some calls. I'll ask for your opinions. Let's get them. 0891104207. My guest for now, Gary Eisenberg, who's a, a legal person from uh, Eisenberg and Associates, South African immigration lawyer, by the way. Uh, hint, hint, I should say. Abigail Dawson is also with us coming up later on uh, of, from the Consortium for Refugees and Migrants in South Africa. Uh, Haley's on the line from Joburg. Hi, Haley. Hi, good evening, Mr. Usher. Good and evening. Your guest good, as well. to- good talking to you. Go ahead. What's, what's Great, bugging man. you? Let me go to the point to the highlight. Mm. I'm a refugee or the migrant for 23 years living in South Africa. Huh? Right. And now you can say I'm adopted South African who lived for many years in this land. Huh? So what I'm facing and what refugees generally are facing in South Africa, the huge xenophobia and the discrimination from the government body not from the people only, but the refugees is highly discriminated from not to get any access of identification in this country. They let refugees to live like animals in this country. If they don't handle refugees, South Africa, they should have given for the United Nations. They must go to adopt the, the Geneva Convention law if they don't have to sign the signatory in Geneva Convention uh, for the refugees if they are not know how to handle the refugees. As they say, that as an African migrant, the Rainbow Nation, you're given the opportunity to live in a country when the refugees are becoming very prosperous and they're becoming successful, 
the hatreds come from the ground, from the grassroots level, to the top leadership. Let me highlight the minister of the Home Affairs from the very beginning, from Lamini Zuma up to right now. Everyone is xenophobic when the issue, uh, the document, you know, I've been from Nelson Mandela up to today, when I see how the article changing. I've got four children, three boys, one girl, my wife and myself, we have three different identification in my family. For example, this is happening each and every refugee's life because refugees cannot plan, cannot invest in this country. Let's say they have a business to survive and they invested in a country. Then South African government, they undermine the capacity and the potential of the migrant in South Africa. There's highly potential immigrant, business or whatever sector. But the minister of the Home Affairs preaching the negative demonizing. Also, they're from the jobber, the mayors mm. and everyone. They're demonizing against the migrant. This kind of the leaders, they are unable to handle their leadership in a country. Imagine the bad leadership of the image. The country economy is, imagine what is happening at the moment. They are demonstrating. So how, how do you feel about all of this then, Haile? Let me serve Ashraf. Just give me a few seconds. You yeah, but I can't, I, I can't let you continue you know, non-stop. You must understand that, right? Oh, and so look, two questions. How do you feel about it and what should... What what would be ideal for you? If you can answer that in one minute, I'll be delighted. Thank you. Much appreciate. Okay. What I feel, the totally what they are doing is wrong in South Africa. They must sit down in their parliament, in their constitution, about the migrant. They must think deeply. We are a human being. We don't have other place to live. We leave our country due to the political and economic reason. They must progress the document. The migrants have a great potential to invest and to contribute for the economy of the country. So that means let's not against one another. Let's work together and bring and restore the economy of the country. Let's change and contribute for the economy of the country. You talk about the tax shop and the blah, blah, many stories. I can't accept you. Know, I can't accept from the big leaders like this, preaching the xenophobia, preaching okay. the hatred, preaching all those things, and you know, creating very you know, dilemma into the mind and the migration. You understand into the people of okay. the refugees. All right. Can we leave so it at that, that then, Haile? I hear you, and you're obviously very concerned, uh, and I'm sure you're going to listen to what the other people have to say as well. All right, Haile. Thank you for that call. But I think he's saying some really, really important things there. Gary, you may want to just pick up on that before I get to the other callers. This gentleman, I think he's speaking on behalf of himself and a whole body of individuals that feel aggrieved by the xenophobia they feel, an anti-foreigner sentiment that uh, is sort of the, the, the vogue in South Africa today. I'd agree fully with him. But a refugee status, by definition, is temporary. A refugee status is granted for a fixed period of time in order for the home country of that individual to come back into order and to be safe again for the person to return. Refugee status is not a permanent status. However, our immigration system allows a refugee to apply for permanent residence after he has been a refugee for five years and will be a refugee indefinitely. So for him to talk about investment in South Africa as a refugee, refugee is a temporary status, and refugees should understand that they've come to seek refugee or refuge in South Africa, away from persecution in their home countries, it's a temporary status. And South Africa is saying, please, people, understand that. Uh, you are not permanent, permanently resident in South Africa. 
Don't make South Africa your permanent home until you've been granted the right to permanent residence. And I think it's a matter of education. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get to further thoughts on this issue now. Uh, right, Z, you're in Cape Town. We'll get to William and Mike just now. Z, go ahead. Hi. Hi, uh, Ashraf, and hi, Gary. Um, so uh, I think, first of all, as, as Gary said, there is a context to this debate, and you just need to look at what's happening elsewhere in the world. In the case of Brexit and the debate about open borders in the United States and in other parts of the world where there are economic and political pressure. So this is not a new debate, and frankly, I was you know, just waiting for the time where the real turns full circle. And this gets public attention. And I think we can learn some lessons from what's happening elsewhere in the world. But let me move to the second point very quickly. And that is also, as part of the context, a lot of what is said by politicians and by people who uh, feel they need to get onto a platform on the issue. And I'm not talking about people like your previous caller who has certain life experiences and talks from first-hand practical experience, but politicians and bureaucrats. But part of the context is that it is a showing up of their own failures and the failures of administration and political delivery in this country. So when we talk about xenophobia and people talking about the loss of jobs, they're not really talking about the loss of jobs, thinking it's going to go to foreigners as much as they are talking about the inability to get gainful employment for themselves as part of economically productive uh, citizenship in South Africa today. So we mustn't lose sight of that and it mustn't become a proxy and a scapegoat for political failure in delivery. That's my second point. I think the third point, though, is that we have some uniquely South African problems with with um, immigration, and that is whether it exists in policy and in principle or whether it is lacking at the level of enforcement. I feel we don't have controlled immigration on a needs-based level. Instead, we've got immigration that, frankly, is a bit of a free-for-all, and as everyone knows, the minute you get into the system, you're pretty much there for life. We don't root out illegal immigrants. We don't send them packing. We don't um, exercise enforcement as we should, and unfortunately, already the the door should have been closed a long time ago, and the horse is bolted, and we try and deal with the problem after the fact. So if we can get back to basic enforcement, stop corruption and porous borders, and deal with the problem, at base level, I think we'll get significantly further. But finally, let me just say, as much as I think Mr. Eisenberg pointed it out, as much as um, immigrants are entitled to certain basic liberties and freedoms and, 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 and privileges and entitlements, for example, emergency health care, we have significantly greater problems to face up to in South Africa, not least the lack of resources. And I think we've got to come clean and, and, and be honest with ourselves. We cannot afford to be a charity and a social state anymore. And the time has come to start looking after our own first and foremost. And if we are talking about some Africans who come in legally and are able to contribute and are able to make South Africa their home, okay. fantastic. The floor right. is yours. Okay, got but that. There you are. That's a, another take on that. There we are. We had cross-section of opinion Z from Cape Town. Thank you for that. What I'll do is I'm going to pick out William's thoughts as well as Mike. Then we'll get Gary to respond. William, go ahead. Hi. Hello, good evening. Good, good talking to you, William. Hi. Um, Ashraf, the thing is, um, I don't want them now to take uh, this, what I'm saying, also out of context, that this first gentleman uh, was taking many things out of context. The thing is this, um, um, these people um, come here, they, they're flooding this Uber and this taxify mm-hmm. uh, 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 industry, even the meter taxis in Cape Town. 
And these people come, they don't respect our country, they stand, they even park on pavements, they just park in front of the Golden Acre, and that, it, it never happened. I'm okay, but that, that suggests that, that South Africans don't do that either. I can no, give you a hundred no, of South Africans. No, we didn't do, do that. that. I, I, I'm, I'm, no, I, man, we know, do I'm, that as well. I'm telling you we do. Give me a chance to speak, uh, yeah? Asaraf. Go ahead. Hear me out, what I'm saying. The thing is this. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old, and before, in Cape Town, right in the Golden Acre, these people block the roads, they stand, they make a taxi ring right in front of the Golden Acre. Yeah, in, uh, in the Cape Town International Airport, they stand and pee there, and they park all over, they just do all what, whatever they want to do. I mean, you, you respect other country if you go there as a... As, as a foreigner. Okay, can I, can I move on to the broader is, issue? You see, yeah, I, I yeah, don't want to... Yeah. The broader yeah, issue is what do you make now, of the pronouncements listen, of the... No, no, you need to hear me. Now. Otherwise, we're going to go out of control here. The, the Premier of Gauteng expressed lots of concerns around immigrants. So yeah, has this... Wrong. What do you make of, of, of what should happen? It's not wrong. The thing is that these people must be documented because these people can't be dragged on this Uber that last week. Two people was a lady, two ladies was stabbed. And these people, if they're not documented, they can't track these people. This, it could okay. be a criminal that's All right. driving you. Thank you for that call. I must say, I'm not dismissing what you're saying. I think it's very important as well, and I hear that from many, many people as well. Okay, Mike uh, in Durban. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Hello, Chef. Uh, the only thing that worries me when I phone your programs, we got to hold on a long time on the prepaid line. It's difficult. Uh, Sorry, man. I, I wish there's a better way to do it, but my apologies. Nevertheless, uh, you know, the ruling party has messed this whole foreign national thing up. Uh, you know, our borders are just open, and, and the corruption in this country has filtered down from the top to every department. There is nothing that is working. It is shocking, shocking, shocking. When when the guy, Mohammed Mashaba, uh, decided to talk about uh, a few months ago, in fact, a year ago, and they, they call him xenophobic. And mm. now David Makura, because of the elections, he's using this as an opportunity now. And now they're all talking about it because the ANC is talking about it. But it's sad, Ashraf, they've, they've wrecked every department now. Okay. And what should be the solution then? The solution should be they cannot do it alone. They don't have a track record of fixing anything. They need to work with other parties, ask for outside help. And no, but I mean the solution in terms of how do you deal with the issues of refugees to the country? So Only allow on the- legal people to come in. You know, don't get too many refugees. Don't allow too many refugees. Don't get too much of... Uh, there's a lot of corruption and bribery that's taking place at the borders and things as well. Okay, got that. Thank you for that call. You waited, but certainly worth the wait. Appreciate that. Okay, Gary, uh, I mean, two, three different views. There, anything you'd like to pick up from there? Yeah, uh, I, I think if I can just summarize... Uh, we have a problem with the influx of undocumented aliens into the country. Uh, certain of these callers are talking about corruption. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the rule of law is not respected. Uh, court orders are not respected. And I think it's a question of an informed debate. Rule of law is respected. Powers are given back to the judiciary, uh, away from the bureaucracy. And if the Department of Home Affairs can clean its own act up, stop blaming foreigners for corruption, rather uh, try to purge corruption from its own ranks and reproduce itself as an upstanding government department, sufficiently resourced, 
by good personnel, well-trained personnel, which respects the rule of law, we're on to a better thing. And I think stop blaming foreigners for the scourge of corruption in this country. I think politicians should realize, and as the third last caller said, we should have an honest debate amongst ourselves. Let politicians be transparent. Let's blame people who need to be blamed, our policymakers, our bureaucrats, directors, generals of departments. And, you know, let's become clean and transparent as a country. Once we've cleaned up our own act, then we can talk about the debate about foreigners. Okay, that's your thoughts. And some may say thumbs up to that. Others will say we don't agree with Gary Eisenberg. That's why the show is called The Viewpoint. Uh, Gary is a South African immigration lawyer from Eisenberg and Associates. Appreciate you giving off your time, Gary. We'll get to Abigail Dawson next. Wolves are growling at the Gunners of London with ambitions to cement their position in the top half of the Premier League. The same way we carry on after winning, we need to carry on this week and to be focused on the next game. Arsenal will throw all missiles at Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League match of the week. Aaron Ramsey to give Arsenal the lead, lovely skill and he scores! Don't miss this top eight clash between Wolves and Arsenal on SABC3 this Saturday at 4.30pm. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game. Catch Life Begins After Coffee, an original heartwarming six-part television actuality series which delves into the uncharted realm of job creation for persons with disabilities. It further explores how ableist behavior and words impact the lives of persons with disabilities. My friend calls me stupid a lot, but I don't take it too hard. Don't miss Life Begins After Coffee, coming soon on SABC2, 6 April at 6pm. Brought to you by SABC Education. Enriching minds, enriching lives. 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Ghada. So we've had two or three different politicians that come to mind, certainly the Minister of Health, then the, the Mayor from the city of Johannesburg, uh, so first being Aaron Matswaledi, then Herman Mashaba, and now the, and the Premier of Gauteng, and the Premier of Gauteng himself, uh, also now expressing serious concern around the issue of not just foreigners because they're foreigners. I think let's get that wrong. None of them have said be away with, with uh, foreigners or immigrants. I think it's the, it's the process of handling the situation that they've all said. Let's get that really clear. Nobody has said away. But do you think the tone's right? Do you think they're handling it correctly? What more should be done? So on the one hand, there's South Africa. the South Africa that says, hold it. We welcome our neighbors, but there must be processes for them to come into our country when they're allowed. And that's a home affairs issue. It's not to do with the mayor or the, or the premier. It's a home affairs issue. Once they get into the country, what's the position with them? Where do they go? How are they integrated into South African society to the point where they become really great citizens? And I think that would be my approach. You want them to absolutely contribute. In fact, if you study some of the great growths of countries around the world, it has always been done on and underpinned by fantastic immigrant diversity because it just brings up something absolutely new into a nation. So now, in the light of all of that, there's also a concern that as the numbers grow and some of them are undocumented, therefore illegal, some of them may be illegal, um, as, as has been suggested, they're coming here 
simply because they want to try and gain from the services because they can't get it in their country. Maybe nothing wrong with that. Many people have done that. When you can't get something, you go wherever it is to try and get it. But it's putting a strain on a country that can't provide for its very own. And that is the nub of the issue. So let's get the thoughts of Abigail Dawson of the Consortium for Refugees and Migrants in South Africa. Abigail, good chatting to you and thanks for your time. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. Well, what do you make, therefore, of the, of the latest pronouncements from the the Premier of Gauteng? And we can go backwards to the Minister of Health and others. What do you make of what are they saying around migrants? And what's your take on it? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of been a lead up to the elections, crossing over from last year, kind of a pattern of uh, public officials making such statements. And it's purely xenophobic and a way to divert attention around corruption, poor planning and failure on the state's behalf in providing for both people they've welcomed into the country and the country at large. So, therefore, I mean, some of the specifics uh, that that has come through from these these politicians, uh, parts that you may completely agree or disagree with, anything you'd like to pick out in particular? I mean, I think if I speak to the circular that was sent out um, in Gauteng last week, it, you know, that information is obviously being discussed, even though it was said to have been sent out by, uh, you know, without any authority. Um, you know, we have those kind of sentiments which totally defy our constitution as well as our other very progressive um, legislature. Um, so I think in terms of, South African public health, it's to the detriment to kind of rework these plans around people accessing health. If you are not providing people with basic health care, especially in a country where there's been a long history of migration from the 1800s and migrants having really both what South Africa is today to then deny those people basic health care, it's you know, really to the detriment to public health in South Africa generally, but also to numbers of people that are living here and consider this their home. Therefore, the, the there's been a school of thought that these, the politicians who are saying what they're saying, they're simply reflecting because they're dealing with a frustration that they're dealing with it every day. Nobody's saying no to immigrants, not at all, but they're dealing with certain realities, which is once you allow the immigrants into the country, uh, you need to provide the resources for them to integrate well. And if we're not doing that and you find yourself resources are torn apart at the seams, then that's a problem not just for the immigrants, but also for the rest of the country. The The flip side of of that is from others, which is that their pronouncements, in fact, fan the flames of, of xenophobia. Which which one do you think is correct here? I would definitely agree with the second one, that these statements are really a poor, well, cheap political strategy to divert attention, I think, from... I think you need to be, we need to be asking a question on what's burdening the system, and it's definitely not foreigners. I think it's a as I said previously, it's a system that's been burdened by poor planning, corruption, and under-resourced. Um, yeah, being under-resourced. How, how do you, what has been the reaction from, from different organizations? I mean, you were the Consortium for Refugees and Migrants. Have you responded formally to this? Yes, um, we had sent a, um, 
a complaint and demand for public statement after the circular. I mean, we've been on radio and kind of making public comment around the recurring statements that have been coming out. Um, I think just generally, yeah, our viewpoint is that, one, this is a trend that's happened in previous election years and previous um, larger upsurges of xenophobic violence in 2008 and 2015 have you know, you can see direct correlation between xenophobic statements made by public officials and the upsurge of xenophobic violence. Mm. So during, you know, such a political time with an election season coming up, it's really politicians have to caution and be much more strategic around what they're electioning, you know, what their manifestos are really saying and what the root problems are. Um, and I really think to consider our history and migration as a phenomenon that it's not something that's going to change. And I think the kind of global rhetoric around this South Africa is following that very poor kind of closing of borders rhetoric. Mm. Well, do you think it's xenophobic, the pronouncements? Can you say that again? Do, do you think the pronouncements are xenophobic? Is there a cause for concern in terms of what they say? Yes, I think this is institutionalized xenophobia. I think similarly around the circular that went around and the call for restricting health is institutionalized xenophobia. You're putting in place systems that are going to prevent people to services that they've been granted through our legislation. Okay, let's get to some calls. My guest is Abigail Dawson of the Consortium for Refugees and Migrants. Okay, uh, Lemius is in Cape Town. Hello. Hi, how are you, Asura? Yeah, good talking to you. Thank you. Go ahead. Yes, I would have loved your guest to speak to some of these issues that they're just going to raise. Um, you see, in South Africa at the moment, we are sitting with a situation where you have got residents in Swaziland that comes in January when schools open. Then they collect school material and then they go back. We have got residents that are staying in Swaziland and Mozambique that crosses the border to collect pension funds and go back. We are having people that are coming from neighboring countries um, coming as visitors or tourists. When they come inside the country, then they change their status. And uh, then they disappear into our communities. So, majority of them are not documented. And one would have expected that when a person comes from outside the country, will then seek the office and make sure that he gets documented. But you're sitting with migrants that comes in, for any other opportunity, when they cross the border, then they disappear into the communities. You go to city centre in Dubek, you'll you'll come across people that they've got no documents and they they hide time and again behind corners of buildings. And now, if that happens, I'm not sure what your guest will be saying. Uh, in relation to some of the pronouncements that have been made. Thanks.
Okay, got that. We'll get a, a response in a minute. Let's let's uh, continue. Nathaniel from Pretoria, uh, welcome to the show. What's your viewpoint? Thanks, Ashraf. Um, mine is very simple. Not once have I had any of the uh, uh, politicians or even officials give it whatsoever. It is all hearsay, and it's said. It said that because we are approaching elections, people are fanning the whole issue on xenophobia just to get elected back into office. Why wasn't what they are saying now? Why didn't they say it three years ago? Why didn't they say it uh, four years ago? Or just after they've been elected into office in this particular term? What people are failing to realize Politicians are failing to realize, and what they are failing to admit is that they have failed this country, dismally failed this country. I don't care whether it's DA, ANC, or even uh, EFF. They have failed us, and now they are putting the blame on foreigners. The issue is, Mr. Ramaphosa has got to fix the country. We've got to come as a united nation, as a united country. And not as ANC, DA. Okay, but we have to deal with what, what they're saying right now. So based on what they're saying, what do you make of that? It's, it's failure, and they're not admitting. And now they're using an excuse. And remember, we're talking about politicians, very, very nimble with their mouth and their word, in, in, in such a way such that someone like yourself will say to us on the national uh, radio station like, like this one now, mm. and say, they haven't no to foreigners I don't have to say no to foreigners to, 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 to someone who's basically every single day he's hungry and all he can see in front of him is a foreigner is driving that Uber uh, that, that car and he wants to drive that car but h- hold on what have you done to deserve to drive that car nothing Okay. You've done absolutely nothing. All right. Got that. Thank you for that call, Nathaniel. Again, uh, very forthright in, in your opinions, as we expect from, from SFM's listeners, very much connected with, uh, with, the, with the news of the day every single day. Um, Benson, go ahead. Hi. Benson, do I have you there? Yes, uh, yeah. Benson, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Benson. Uh, I just would like to add that I'm, I'm actually working in a mining environment and uh, construction. Uh, both uh, uh, spent five years in Zimbabwe and five years in the Congo. So uh, just like to add that phys- very physical interaction with these uh, foreigners. Um, and I even met them. I even met some of them today. Uh, they are they are rendering their services as um, car watchers. Um, my time in Zimbabwe, these guys welcomed us uh, working out there and uh, up in the Congos as well. So it was uh, quite a lovely experience. And when the uh, xenophobia attack happened in, in South Africa, we were in the Congo. They looked after us there. Um, they were, they were, they did come. Up, they did come and mention that look at you killing our brothers down in Cape Town or in Western Cape. But we're not going to do the same. We're going to look after you guys here. But uh, you know they are. Depends where you work, you know. I mean, uh, and we got to look after these guys. These guys, I don't know about the politicians, but we got to look after them. 
and care for the needs. You know, it's it's a human it's a human thing. Okay, well, there you are, cross section of opinions. Thanks for that uh, call. A human thing is what. Benson says, so there you are. Let's get the thoughts of Abigail Dawson once again from the Consortium for Refugees and Migrants uh, in South Africa. Abigail, varied uh, cross-section, something you'd like to pick out there? Yeah, I think just more generally around the kind of statements that have been made and kind of the rhetoric around flooding and large... The first commentator spoke to numbers of people crossing borders. So I think first, there's a huge... Yeah, we have to dispel the kind of language and myths around these floods, large numbers, which there's no research to show, and it is purely a way to exaggerate numbers of people. Um, and secondly, maybe to to use health as example as an example for this, um, that undocumented migrants, for example, in the healthcare system, wouldn't get services for free, and the uh, um, the uniform patient fee schedule, they means tested to healthcare services in the very same way that South Africans are. So I think there's huge gaps in the way people speak about this and that people come to take free services and that's highly problematic and xenophobic at its core. Um, and just to further speak to that and specifically to kind of the figures given by the DA, um, around the kind of increase in number of healthcare users. I think this, you know, it really skips an important understanding of migration in the country where you have 40%, 44, around 44% of Gauteng residents from other provinces in the country. So we have huge internal migration, which mm. if healthcare isn't planned for properly, you know, then you are going to have a burden system from within internal migration itself. So, you know, just around um, clear research and, you know, politician statements being, you know, legit, legitimate needs to be based on mm. research. And if they were to do the of research, course. these statements would not be. La- lastly, what would you like to see happen? What would I like to see happen? Yeah. Um, for this election season to be one of integrity and honesty, I think to have politicians deeply look into the crisis that the system is in due to corruption and poor planning. I think if politicians can really be reflective in what has happened in this previous term and yeah, attempt to do something very different and really move away from such petty politics where you are calling out on already vulnerable people. Yeah, good point. Let's leave it to that. Abigail Dawson of the Consortium for Refugees and Migrants in South Africa. Is she right that in the, in the greater scheme of things, honestly, we have so many more important issues to be concerned about and focus on and be focusing on this as well. Well, that's, uh, there's been many other people trying to call. We just can't do that. I think migrants and migration and refugees is a big, big issue, naturally, understandably. So maybe we'll do it some other time with a different angle to that. In the meantime, the DTI Furniture Design um, Competition has become a magnet for creativity. And every year, the contest attracts thinkers and inventors from around the country. Now, the winners for the 2018-2019 season will be announced Tomorrow at the Proudly South African Buy Local Summit, all the designs share a common theme of living spaces and the DTI is delighted with the way both professional and student designers have taken to this competition and look forward to more groundbreaking entries in the next installment 
of the competition. Now, here's this thing for you. Tune into SAFM tomorrow from 3 to 6 p.m. And then the winners will be announced live at the Buy Local Summit, the DTI towards full-scale industrialization and inclusive growth.